Hi, this is Scott Webster with the Android Guys podcast. I'm sitting here with Luke. Hello. What's going on, Luke? Oh, not much. How's your summer going? Pretty good, man. Too fast is how it's going. You have kids that are getting ready to go back to school, so you yes. have to start thinking about that stuff. I can't wait. I Get have, them out of my house. I have a son that just graduated last yeah. year, so it feels a little different. Sure. He's in the workforce. Yeah. And uh, it's weird Give because... Give him back to society. Yes. He... Uh, it doesn't feel like summer is drawing to an an end anymore. Right, right. Where you've always felt that as a kid, mm-hmm. and then as a parent, you still have that like, well, we got to go back to school shopping. Yeah, we got to get clothes. We, we got to figure that, out who your teachers are. We need to get that list from school about what you need. There's open houses. Uh, it's an interesting thing because my kids. This is the first time. So, you know, last year there was a pandemic. And uh, and the year before, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> it ended on one. Yes. Um, but this is the first year that, that my kids will be at different schools. Uh, From each other. Well, so one was – that's not true. One was elementary <laughs> in, and then an intermediate school, but they were right up the road from each other. This is – uh, completely different places with completely different start times. Oh, uh, they're going to become different kids altogether. Yeah, um, and it, it'll be find themselves this year. Yeah, they're like, I mean, my kids are three years apart. They're best friends. Yeah, uh, they're always together, uh, and they're you know they they're brothers. They still fight like brothers, but they you know they're always together. Yeah, they're always hanging out. They're always playing together. Um, it'll be interesting to see with. Uh, different schools and different friends and different times and how they start to grow apart. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting who, to see. Who they find cool. Right. What they their interests start to shape of. Like, yeah. I know this one kid, he's pretty nice, and he's into this. I think I'm interested in it too. Right. Yeah. That'll, so, be, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, uh, summer's going well, but yeah. it's going fast. Yep. And, uh, yeah. We've got uh, just a few more weeks of probably the really hot summer. And then we start looking at the leaves change colors. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as we get into this time of year and as we record this, uh, we're looking ahead to the fall and the arrival of, and officially recognized now by Google, the Pixel 6. Yes. And generally, for the last few years, the trend has been an October release mm-hmm. for the major version of Android, yep. the the public one. Right. Uh, but the first, you know, developer previews and betas, those kind of sprinkle out over the course of the year. Right. And that was different than in the past when it was just kind of like, out of nowhere, hey, we've got this for you. Developers, this is available if you want to start writing for it or whatever. Um, they the relationship between Google and handset makers has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they kind of work together and they have a chance to have things ready to go. So when this fall season does hit, there are phones that can arrive running Android right. know, 12 will be this year. Right. And the Pixel 6 will come out uh, and this Pixel 6 Pro. So as... You know, we kind of looked at that over the last few months. We decided it would be interesting to kind of take a journey through time and look at the different versions of Android. Right. What 
went into them, uh, what made them special, mm-hmm. what was noteworthy to say, hey, uh, we've added this. We think consumers want this or need this. Um, and then we also will discuss you know, some of the devices of the, the time as Android has changed, as the smartphone space has evolved. Um, today's topic uh, is, is going to be Android 3.0 Honeycomb, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is unlike the versions we've talked about in the past. Right. It's a, it's a point oh release, so mm-hmm. it's a major release. It's a kind of, uh, hey, this is a big deal. Right. You know, we've seen 1.5, 1.6, and then we've seen two released in different versions. Now we're at a, a major release. Mm-hmm. And we won't be talking about a phone this time. We're right. going to actually be talking about a tablet. Right. And that's what is so strange about, you know, a major release is it when I look back, um, it didn't feel major for me because it it wasn't really something I needed at that time. It wasn't impactful if you didn't have a tablet. Right. You know, if that wasn't where your mind or your your, your usage was. Right. Um, tablets weren't really a thing. They were getting there. Yeah. It was becoming the iPad more and more popular. Yeah. And the idea of this larger screen mm-hmm. experience was, well, I have a phone. Well, I've got a laptop. What, yeah, what so do I need? Another why do device. I need this? Yeah. Why a third device? Mm-hmm. And then what makes this third device any better than my laptop right? or unique from? So it, this was an interesting one to kind of, you know, I was kind of the same way as I'm putting the notes together. It's like, oh, this is kind of a boring, kind of a weird one. But at the same time, it was also very exciting. Yeah. Well, if you look at it now in the scope of things, it was a definite needed release. This This paved the way for our next one yes that we'll talk about but these features that were built into it were designed with larger displays in mind mm-hmm. um, and designed for productivity because mm-hmm. uh, that's where tablets were uh, the big thing was your life can be so much more productive on right. the go right you could do these things on the train or from your couch right. without having to go sit down at the desk right or get out your laptop right you know also keep in mind at this time chromebooks are still kind of finding their feet yes you know and so it's like uh what's the point in buying a tablet which will you know spoiler alert are really expensive (laughs) compared to a laptop like Mm -hmm. why would i do this Mm -hmm. and you know so let's talk a little bit about android 3.0 honeycomb and we'll also talk about a tablet Uh, but before we do as we always do before we kick it off let's paint a picture yeah now we're talking february 22nd 2011 okay so, so the next really, year but not that far yeah, down I mean, the road we flipped the calendar but we're only going from december to february right so again it's like geez already with something another new? release but this you know it's a 3.0 it's a it's a, right it's a it's a release for android but it was easy to go oh this isn't this isn't for my phone mm-hmm like this didn't really change much uh if you were just a mobile phone user for right. android right um in the in the in the life of android and the big scope of android in tech it was a, a major release mm-hmm. um but it was hard i guess it probably was a little hard to see that uh if if it, if you weren't a tablet user yeah 
Um, but yeah, so a couple couple months down the road, uh, let's get you in the headspace of uh, 2011, okay. uh, February. Take me back. What am I doing? What am I? All right. So I'm going to go to the movies. What am I going to see? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to the movies and uh, you're seeing, uh, I know you were rushing out to see uh, Nomeo and Juliet. Uh that uh, animated uh, Luke, I feel seen. <laughs> I did go see that with my son. Yeah. Well, as we as we all did, right? We, we had kids, and uh, that was you know, it was one of those, and I, I think it was one of the more major releases mm-hmm. of CGI that wasn't not Pixar, the big studios that yeah, we're used to, not DreamWorks. Yeah. Um, so Nomeo and Juliet, uh, another movie. Uh, go with ju- just go with it, Adam Sandler, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was uh, not. Uh, I think it. I think it was Happy Madison. Maybe not Happy Madison, but it was. It was uh, you know one of the f- the earlier uh, not uh, stupid comedies. Yeah, you know the it was one a comedy. Throw you every so often. And yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, that's right. This is like a fifty first dates. He's kind of a likable guy. Yeah. Oh he's stupid. a he's a real actor. Yeah. Um and uh, another movie, Never Say Never. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Man. What a I mean, he's obviously still around and yeah. really big, but yeah. that was a crazy time. Yeah. For, if you were a Bieber if you had Bieber fever. Bieber fever, yeah. <laughs> uh and then uh, a believer. Oh, remember that? You had to do it. <laughs> a believer. Um, and then uh, the other movie is The King's Speech. Man. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. yeah well, yep. It um, definitely so, was. So those were in the theater. On the way to the theater, though, you turned on the radio and you had. Uh, did I, though? You did. Okay. You did. You turned on the radio and you, you would have heard one of these three songs guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed, you would have heard "Grenade" by Bruno Mars. Yep, uh, for sure. If it wasn't, if you weren't on that station, you were on uh, "What's My Name," Rihanna featuring Drake. Yeah. Yep. And if you weren't listening to that, you were listening to "Black and Yellow" by Wiz Khalifa. Okay, so at that time. At that time. This was, uh, yeah, these were all crazy big. Those three songs were huge. Um, black and yellow, I mean, we're in Ohio, but we live in an area where we have a lot of, um, when the Cleveland Browns left mm, yeah. in the 90s. I don't want to talk about it. We had a lot of people who were suddenly Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Yeah, we call them idiots. Yeah, commonly <laughs> referred to as idiots. Um, yes, I, <laughs> I have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so black and yellow had a, a, a special place for those yes. fans. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Now, I'm. if you know me, you know that I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Yep. And at this particular time, February 2011. Oh, boy. Packers 
had just beaten oh, yeah. the Steelers. Yeah. So it was a doubly sweet thing yeah. for me. <laughs> right. But I cannot tell you how tired I was here of hearing black and yellow. Oh, I know. In this area. Yeah. So yeah, you are right. Guaranteed it was on the radio somewhere. It was probably played on NPR. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> around here. I think there was a uh uh what was that NPR show? The the um, Fresh Air. Yeah, Fresh Air <laughs> with uh, just about Terry Gross interviewing yeah. Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, and then uh, if you're watching TV, uh, some things that happened or or things that debuted. Uh, Portlandia. Yeah. Um, we saw uh, Downton Abbey. I'm looking at this list, and this feels really... It's crazy to think that, you know, I don't know. It's its so... A lot of a lot of times doing these, you know, get your head in the, the mm-hmm. space of the time of pop culture. It's so interesting. Uh, another one, Bob's Burgers debuted, and Shameless. See, a lot of these things just kind of feel like you cannot remember what it was like before this. Yeah. I mean, these are... I mean, I'm, we're not talking about life-changing shows or anything right. that's like su- like super groundbreaking and impactful no. but it's kind of like man bob's burgers has been around forever yeah <laughs> i mean it feels that way yeah and, and i and i know we sound like a broken record every time we do this but it, it's really weird to think that's how far back we have to go yeah to talk about android how long it's been around yeah so when we talk about devices and software and these features and people who are, you know, if you're if you're 15 sitting in the car and your old dad is listening to this podcast forcing you, <laughs> you, I mean, you were four. Yeah. So you, you may not remember a life before this. Yeah. You remember black and yellow for sure. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, the other things that happened in TV – uh, two and a Half Men uh, had a hiatus because of uh, Charlie Sheen. Well, he was winning, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Tiger Blood or, you know, whatever. Oh, my gosh. That whole, uh, just a craziness. Just yep. So uh, that was when the hiatus was going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the other thing that was just, it was cool, is uh, IBM's Watson versus Ken Jennings. On Jeopardy. Yeah. Man. It's so much like you think about Jeopardy and Alex Trebek and Ken Jennings and like some of these other guys have come along and had these really prolific win streaks yes. and scores and it again if Jeopardy is your thing and you watch it or you're really into it you think back to when IBM you know they brought this computer on the show you're like oh my god that was forever ago yeah like no I mean, I mean it's not really that long ago it was not 10 really, years ago yeah. But kids, I'm telling you, 10 years will be over before you know it. Yeah. It's like, like, like that. Gone. Gone. Okay, so you've done enough on me. Right. <laughs> I, I don't want to. Let's cheer me up a little bit. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about Android. All right. So yeah. Honeycomb was released. And uh, it, it was like we've said, it was uh, geared towards tablets and larger devices. Mm-hmm. So some features that Honeycomb had was um, – you know, just that it was geared for larger devices. It was like the multiple display, like mm-hmm. multiple things on your screen at once. Right. 
was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I think they actually, at one point, they were calling them fragments. Yes. uh, As part of that experience. And I remember when they came out with that, it was kind of like, are you sure you want to call them fragments? Because Apple's really... Playing into the fragmentation thing. Yeah, like... I don't know. And I think, I mean, I think that was probably intentional of like, all right, you want to throw this at us? We're going to embrace it. Yeah. Here's a fragment. We have These a are, fragment. And I remember having a tablet and being able to see when a developer would write an app that took advantage of mm-hmm. Honeycomb. Because we did have some tablets kind of sneaking out. Sure. But all they were really doing were scaling a smartphone. Right. And it would take this image and either stretch it out and make it look like garbage, or it would just kind of be stuck in the center with black bars around right. it. And right. it was just kind of like, well, it's the same size experience. Yeah, this is actually harder to use because I have to get my thumbs farther into my screen to yeah. type things. I have to carry on a bigger device to see the same number of pixels right. to play this game. Right. So um, One of the first apps that I really saw take advantage of this Android 3.0 was uh, IMDB, Mm -hmm. Internet Movie Database, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. It was just kind of like, wow, this is polished. This is... This is never going to get any better. Right. This is... You know, it's like when you're a kid and you see video games, you're like, these graphics look so great. Mm -hmm. They look like real players, and it looks like... That looks like Larry Bird for real. Right. They're never going to make this better. Right. I remember thinking that with IMDb was this is polished Android. Yeah. And this is a this is how you take advantage of extra space. Right. Um, part of that polish though was the holographic UI. It had this really. I mean, was, holographic is the perfect word. It was Tron like. Yeah. If you it, know, it was, it was a was, really cool. Uh, just interface and, and like the neon or the the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, it was unlike anything we'd seen with with Android, and it made phones feel completely different from tablets. Right, and it was like, oh, well, why can't you do this for phones? Right, like you guys have something really awesome here in Android three point mm-hmm. Why couldn't you make phones look like this? Right. They do. I'm just, I mean, later. Spoiler alert, it's coming. Um, that It had support for uh, multiple pain apps. Yes. And, and that's, you know, to be able to kind of go like with widgets. Yeah. You know, we talked about how those have grown and evolved. And having multiple panes on your display um, to kind of scroll, swipe to the right and see oh here's my inbox right here is my here are four web pages that i go to often here's this calendar right here is the shortcut or controls for my podcasts right music it was a really nice kind of way of saying yes this feels more intuitive than a laptop home screen right you don't swipe from pain to pain to get to these things and it was it was cool because it, it it felt it was. I mean, I guess it was the perfect intermediary between a phone uh, experience and a laptop. It was. It had elements of a phone, mm-hmm. but then also the productivity of a laptop. You could have up to five home screens at that point. Right. Uh, and so you could be like, okay, here's my my widgets on the front, 
And then if I if I swipe over here to my other home screen, here is my inbox. Right. And then over here is this web page or this document I'm working on. Yep. And, and to your point of the multi-pane apps, some of those like Google would do would be like uh, I remember Contacts was mm-hmm. completely changed. You mm-hmm. would have like the left side, you just kind of go down the list. But when you would tap on a name, it would pull up to the other side. You know, that has, I mean, that's one of those things where we just kind of expect that to be the experience. You right. know, and we would see Android evolve to have that even in phones later, but it just kind of made sense to say, here, I'm going to work on this side of the screen and it's going to kind of expand, you know, to another pane mm-hmm. as needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to create an email, here's my inbox, but if I tap on this particular one, this side of my screen shows me the full email right. without having to kind of like open it and close it. I can right. kind of go through my inbox much quicker. Right. It was almost kind of the beginning of multitasking. Real productivity yeah. from your, you know, without having to sit down at a PC or a laptop. Right. And that, well, that brings up perfectly segments into the next update uh, part of Honeycomb was how they updated the browser. Yeah. To feel more like uh, the experience of a computer on yeah. the desktop. And we, and they build that into Android later mm-hmm. uh, and being able to, I don't say later, but at, at this point where you pull out your phone and you start to type in, like you went to a website and you're like, I need to go back. Like it syncs mm-hmm. being able to uh, see your history, mm-hmm. uh, being able to kind of go in and, um, feel like you could pick up where you left off mm-hmm. whether it was on a phone or was on the, the chrome browser on a pc right uh and, and at that time it felt like hey this is actually a much better version of chrome right this is this is closer to what you've been using on a computer right without having to buy a computer yeah there were there were tabs so you could have multiple pages open and again that's that speaks to the tablet mm-hmm. use case right. where you couldn't truly appreciate that on a phone. Right. So for people who are like, I, I want Android 3 on my phone, you didn't. Yeah. yeah that was kind of a, a common misconception of when am I getting this. Right. But tabs make sense. Yeah. When you have a 10-inch screen or even a 7, 8-inch screen. Right. Um, and the keyboard was also changed too. Yeah. That was a, that was a big thing because – you had soft keyboards, so you like you would tap them out. We've kind of almost left physical keyboards behind at this point yep. on devices. Yep. And so to have a soft keyboard uh, to tap that out when you had a 10-inch display or thereabouts, the keyboard felt right. Yes. It didn't have the tactile, clickety, you know, the spacing is different, but you truly could if you wanted to lay your tablet down and kind of tap out, you mm-hmm. know, write an email. Right. Um, that was, you know, it was a short layover from Android 2.3 and it was going to be another short layover to Android Mm 4.0, but 3.0 felt like it had to come about, Mm -hmm. um, if only for tablets. Right. Because that was a, a growing market space. Yeah. And you're still trying to convince people 
you need to buy these. You should buy these. Right. Um, but getting into the specifics of a device, these things were crazy expensive. Right. So, but they, they it was one of the so the device we're going to talk about was one of the first ones that was. Oh, this is. This is worth it. I could see myself using this. Yeah. Because of what it can do. Luke, I bought one of these. Yeah, you did. Uh, we're talking about the Motorola Zoom. Yeah. X-O-O-M. I went to the mall and... Shelled out. $800. Oh, boy. For, now, just so you know, I still have it. Yes. It's around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the sentimental sure. side of me, but... Uh, I couldn't wait to get my hands on this. Mm-hmm. I was sold on it. I, I was at um, in Vegas and saw the Zoom mm-hmm. and couldn't wait for the retail availability. And right. I went out and bought it. Yeah. Told my wife later. Yeah. Yeah. It's a business expense, honey. Yeah. I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna write this off. I don't know if Motorola is gonna send me one of these. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, the Motorola Zoom was like the first real kind of like intentional. Yes. Android experience on a tablet mm-hmm. uh, it was a heavy, yes. heavy thing. It was so dense. It was. And again, it goes back to kind of like that G1 versus iPhone. This thing feels so much different. Yes. Like uh, Apple's feels pretty and polished and consumer ready. This thing feels stark and utilitarian and right. You sure it's final? Yeah. <laughs> it, had a nice matte black finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing to do at the time was to hand it to people and ask them, and I would time it to turn it on. Yeah. Because it had this, like, hidden power button. So everybody searches the edges. Everybody's feeling around the sides and looking on the front. And it was in this top, like, third or top, uh, maybe fourth or fifth of it. Yeah. You would just kind of locate it with your finger. Once you knew it was there. Yeah. It made perfect sense. Sure. But it didn't make any sense at all as yeah. to why they would put it there. Right. You know, until. Until you, you used it. Yeah. And yeah. like, oh, my finger reaches for it right, right. there. Right. Um, it ran Android 3.0. It did. And it was everything. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. It was so different. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was getting more done having it. Um, I used my phone less mm-hmm. because I could do a lot of the Android apps. But I could do them on a bigger screen. Right. And it was my favorite thing to do was just have it with me on my lap watching TV. Yeah. Uh, because I could kind of keep up with my work. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke, tell me a little bit about that f- particular device. What kind of features? Yeah. So it had uh, it had an NVIDIA Tegra chip, uh, the Tegra 2, yeah. which is a 1 gigahertz CPU. And, it, and that's something that NVIDIA had kind of played around with mm-hmm. and they were in the space for a while. Yeah. Um, making their own tablet even for a while, but the Tegra was just kind of like, uh, you know, we saw this at a point, Texas instruments used to make processors. Mm-hmm. Motorola used those. This was a Tegra chip. They no longer really do that. NVIDIA right. has completely pivoted to the graphics shield cards. and yeah. graphics cards and kind of stayed in a particular lane. 
But at this time, it was this has a Tegra two, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, that's a beast. The benchmarks that were getting leaked mm-hmm. and the the specs that were coming out, you were like, I have to have that. Right. Thing. Well, and it was Nvidia. That's a big name. Yeah. That was a really big name in in computing in general. Yep. So people were going, oh, this has an Nvidia. Yeah. Like I know that name. I bet your games look awesome on that. Exactly. Um, which. You pair that processor with how much memory? Oh, man. One gig. Yep. I mean, that was screaming. Yes. On paper, those you just look at that and think, I should have no problem running anything. Yep. I should never even think about stutters, lags. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should be able to open apps and hop around, do everything. Yep. Um, now, if you're listening to this podcast, we're recording it in August 2021, Today's mid-range phones have four right. gigabytes right. of RAM. Sure, and you know octa-core processors. Right. So there's, but everything had to start somewhere. Some context, you know, this is where you're getting into a gigabyte of RAM. Holy cow! Yeah, you is that's like a laptop yeah. at that point. It, it felt like right, and then it had 32 gigs of storage with a micro SD card. Yeah, that was actually had to be enabled. You're right. Uh, After the I, update, I do remember there was that an update for it. To uh, it had the feature, it had the slot in there if you wanted to put it in because I had to go to Verizon to buy this thing, mm-hmm. and I basically bought it unlocked. It mm-hmm. wasn't subsidized, so that's why it was eight hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But it had that slot where you would put your SIM card or and or the micro SD. Yeah, and it was as you said, you know, after an update, enable that extra storage. So thirty two was. Also, again, a lot of storage. Yeah. Where today... And, I mean, it's because it was geared towards that. I mean, it was geared towards being able to store files, yeah. PDFs, and things again, that you needed for productivity. Because of the size of the device, you could put in more storage. Right. You didn't have to kind of, like, worry about how thin you needed to make this, how light. Right. It was like, this thing's already big. Yeah. Why not go from 16 to 32? Right. Well, and then, I mean... It it was big. It was a ten point one inch screen. Yeah, it was, and it felt. I mean, what were the specs? Twelve eighty by eight hundred. So this was, you know, we talked last episode about Gingerbread enabled support for the twelve eighty by eight hundred. Right. So that's where we are on this, and it felt like this is crystal clear. This mm-hmm. is great, and having spent time with you know like a Samsung Galaxy Tab or seven inch. You could really start to see the difference in tablets. Right. So you want that, you know, 1280 by 800 was, it felt great. Yeah. You know, looking at emails and things, you wanted that on a big screen. Mm -hmm. And today's tablets are much, much higher resolution. Right. But 1280 by 800, uh, 10.1 inch, this was um, pretty much the standard setting for display sizes. I don't know why we didn't just do 10-inch displays. Right. It's always 0.1. Yeah. There, there's probably something in there mathematically or something that makes sense as to why they don't stop at 10. Maybe, maybe it's, it's aspect ratio. Yeah, maybe it's after – it's a 10.1-inch display, but after bezel and something, maybe it gives you a true 10-inch look. It's Yeah. Possible. Who knows? Pre-cooked weight. Right. Quarter pounder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then this had a, a five meg- megapixel camera, which was interesting to me to have a tablet, to have a camera. Yeah. I'm, 
I, I mean, I've had multiple tablets, Android and iOS tablets, and I, I think I can count on one hand how many times I've actually taken a picture with it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably usually the front facing, right, for selfies or video chat, right. Um, Rear camera was. It was interesting. It, I don't. I, I think um, the thing that I remembered um, people using it for. I didn't really do it that much, but there are a lot. You started to see at this time a lot of um, PDF converter oh, software. Yeah. yeah. So you could take a picture of a document, mm-hmm. and it would convert convert it to a PDF. Yep. Well, if you had an Evernote and you were Evernote, in a, sure. you know, you were working in an office, you just hold the tablet up, snap your picture. Yeah, of a whiteboard it. or mm-hmm. grid or, you know, whatever you're doing, um, you could add that stuff in, which is which was nice. Um, One use case that they don't really ever point out, but people seem to love to use these rear cameras on tablets, is to, like, take them to recitals and sporting events <laughs> <laughs> and to stand up and hold them above their heads and take these pictures so that everybody in attendance behind them can see what that image is going to look like uh shame on you people <laughs> uh, you don't need a tablet for that yeah stop taking your tablet to concerts and recitals yeah use your phone yeah or just don't live in the moment <laughs> yeah how about that Remember what it was like to go somewhere and just have to remember it? Yeah. And not look at a – oh, here's an idea. Why don't we get our tablet out and take pictures of a fireworks display? <laughs> because we'll look at those again, right? <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, so it had – and it also had a 2-megapixel front-facing camera. Yep, which um, made sense for a tablet if you're using it as a productivity tool and kind of communication. Yeah, but even then, if I if I'm remembering correctly, back – um, you know, 2011, there wasn't a ton of Skype. Was, and it, was there Kick? Yeah, the there was. Yeah, there was Kick. I mean, there were some just because yeah. the the technology was there to do it, so mm-hmm. people were filling that void. But it wasn't a very um, widely adapted form of communication. There was no uh, Snapchat. Right. There was no TikTok. Right. There was, you know, barely an Instagram, mm-hmm. but everything was rear cameras. Mm-hmm. Apps, you know, weren't designed for that. That's a good point. Yeah, there wasn't much, you know, video conferencing. There was video conferencing in offices, but those were, you know, done through an external webcam and mm-hmm. uh, high-end Cisco uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, you weren't really doing much mobile video conferencing. Yeah. WebEx didn't have a, a nice tablet. Right. App. You didn't have that. Right. Um, but it, it did have, uh, for productivity, though, it did have a micro HDMI uh, output, which mm-hmm. was uh, a cool thing. You could hook it up to a monitor or mm-hmm. a TV. Um to use for if if you were using it in a, a workplace and office setting, you could have your PowerPoint on it and throw it right up there. Right. Or this is kind of before smart TVs were affordable. Mm-hmm. So you could even just say, oh, I'm just going to watch my YouTube videos on right. my TV. I could just plug it into the HDMI port. Right. And I can play my videos out. I could play a game on this right. thing. Um, that was, yeah, that we didn't. We saw that for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but it was nice to see that 
feature built into it because it wasn't really on phones. Right. It was kind of like, oh, tablets are unique. There yeah. are different things that you can do with them. Right. Um, uh, and to pair with the power of the device, mm-hmm. you had a uh, 6,500 milliamp battery. Which is quite a bit. That's and, huge. And when you look at it on paper, it's you know three times, four times, maybe more of what you would get on a phone. Right. But you have to adapt that to you know how big the screen is, mm-hmm. and of course brightness and what apps you're running and all that. But that was a pretty, I I don't remember feeling like I needed to charge my tablet in the same way that I always felt like I needed to charge my phone. Right. I didn't go to it as often as my phone, mm-hmm. but I went to it quite a bit. You know, in the evening if I sit down on the couch, that was the one that I would use. Right. Um, I enjoyed reading. On yep. it, you know, Kindle had an app that you could put on there mm-hmm. and change some of the settings for brightness and the, the contrast. But, um, yeah, that that was an interesting time for yeah. me because I, you know I got this thing and it kind of changed my. I mean, it, it kind of changed my life in terms of how I was able to do things. Sure, um, there was at one point, and I might butcher this. But there was at one point you could send your Zoom away to Motorola for the update um, to enable the SD card, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I do remember when it came back, if you signed up or if you did that, when it came back, they sent you a dock. Yeah. So it was like a – I don't call it a puck, but it was kind of like this dock that you could uh, – and it had a really long cord. I remember mm-hmm. – and this is really the reason I held on to it for so long was because I could dock this thing and it would kind of give it a continuous power, but I could have it standing basically a 10 inch display before there was a smart display mm-hmm. before we had, you know, the stuff that we have today, mm-hmm. I could have this thing on my desk that was, I could glance at it and I could pull up maybe my emails on that mm-hmm. Or I could put YouTube on and watch that right. without having to, like, use one of my laptop screens. Right. So it started to kind of, you know, I, I did that for a long time. Or right. I used it as a media player. Yeah. I had, you know, Sonos. I would use it just to kind of control that. I had Google Play Music, so I would listen to music through that. But it would, like, be Bluetooth to speakers. Right. It was kind of like a, like an entertainment hub yeah, kind of control. Yeah, it um, it was it was starting. We were starting to see more uses for those kind of uh, quote unquote smart devices mm-hmm. um, than just productivity. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we were seeing from tablets, and I think the reason that they needed uh, to be there was a separation from your constant uh, input of a phone. Mm-hmm. So when you were like mobile and you had to respond to emails, you could turn your phone on silent and yeah. then you could focus on doing emails and, you know, writing, uh, you know, if you need to do an Excel doc or uh, write a paper or something yep. without having text in- incoming or phone calls incoming. Yes. Um, and and- There are plenty of people that I talk to who use tablets more as a passive Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, oh, I just use it because I like to read books on here or magazines and consume content in a way that I don't on my phone. Right. It's nice to just have this and I can 
my subscriptions to magazines because they were offering them at the time in the Play Store or Android right. Market where you could subscribe to magazines. Right. Or you could get PDFs of magazines, mm-hmm. uh, check out books from your library. Right. It just kind of became this like, well, this is better. I can't. It doesn't make sense to do this on a laptop. Yeah. And it surely isn't as fun to read on my phone. Well, and I also don't have to carry around ten magazines and three books. Yeah. I have them all on one device. Yep. Yeah, it was. It, it's. Um, I. I mean, you could argue that Chromebooks and uh, connected devices and all these other things kind of killed tablets. Sure. They still exist and still have certain needs, but, you know, a seven inch tablet could still take advantage of this honeycomb stuff. Yeah. It just wasn't quite as big, but now you have phones that are routinely six, six and a half inches. Sure. Have almost the exact amount of real screen real estate as some of these early tablets, um, just have been polished along the way. Right. Um, and then it's just always, difficult to to sell against apple and its ipad right you know so that's one of those you know they create one model or two models every so often they get thinner and it's just this you know you have one experience you don't have to say well what's the difference between this lg yeah and this toshiba laptop or tablet um it was yeah so this is a, a point where i don't want to say it gets muddy but it starts to open up different doors and have different conversations of like, do I need a tablet? Should I get one? Yeah, what would I do with it? Where do I get one? Mm-hmm. Like same place as your carrier for your service, you know. So then, you know, tablets, you know, would go all over the places. We'd find out we'd still have these premium priced ones. Yeah. And we had ones that would support, you know. And I do remember one of the key features is that you could – Put a Verizon 4G mm-hmm. SIM card in there. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a, one of the selling points of an LTE or a connected tablet. So we would see Wi-Fi only ones. Mm-hmm. We would see ones that would have you know lesser specifications. And at Black Friday, you would see these RCA tablets for like forty nine dollars. Right. You know. Well, I'll just get that. I'll just get this Kobe or whatever. You know. This thing stinks. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's fifty bucks. It's because you got it at Kmart right uh for $69 or you picked it up at Rite Aid right when you were grabbing candy so um yeah tablets you know this is the the real kind of like start for tablets at this point for Android tablets mm-hmm. um yeah so that I think that's it for me yeah uh, for Android 3.0 mm-hmm. uh, honeycomb coming up next episode we will get into 4.0 which is ice cream sandwich yeah but we don't have to go very far i mean it's again just a couple of months yeah and things change all over again right so all right guys i'll talk to you soon luke yep see ya see ya